I had met Robert Kiyosaki because I'd been a student in his classes and mm-hmm. then I read that book and it had a huge impact on me because money wasn't an area I was very strong in and I could see just by reading the book that there was a path for me, mm-hmm. that there was a path that for me it was going to be through business. I would be able to generate the money to then put into investments that would feed me forever. Mm-hmm. And so Robert and I and my business partner and his wife, Kim, went on to become business partners for more than 10 oh. years and worked together both here in the USA. How cool is that? So he was, he's one of my mentors. James Schramko here from superfastbusiness.com and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Today, I'm very pleased to invite a friend and a very successful entrepreneur to the Productive Insights podcast. She's a passionate supporter and role model for women in business. She provides education, resources, and mentoring to entrepreneurs so they can reach their full potential. She's a blogger, a podcast host, a media commentator, and a public speaker who's presented at events all over the USA and Australia. She's co-founded a boutique publishing company, which has sold more than 1.2 million books, including the longtime bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She's also the CEO of the Australian Business Women's Network. I'm delighted to welcome Susie Daphnis from abn.org.au. Welcome, Susie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you, Susie, and I'm really glad we've been able to do this. So thank you so much for being here. So Susie, could you talk us a bit through your journey as a passionate supporter of business and the role that mentorship plays in businesses as it's offered through the Australian Business Women's Network? Sure. Uh, So I started my first business um, when I was 27 years old, and it was from the spare room of my apartment. And I had a little bit of marketing and a little bit of events experience, but had no idea what it really meant to start a business. And despite the amount of passion and willingness to learn, I was quite blissfully ignorant of what it would actually take. Um, and, and, you know, 20-something years on now, I look back and I can see that I've re- always relied on great mentors and business experts and advisors to help guide my business. Right. And even though I put in all the hard work and skills, they've been there to kind of let me know that I was on the right path or when I wasn't, um, and I'm a perpetual student, you know, a little mm-hmm. like you. I love my learning and education <laughs> and tapping into networks of really, really smart people. And mentors have always been important to me because I did come into business without a business degree and without a whole lot of business education, just right. a small set of skills, which is not that uncommon actually when people start a business. Sure. And they've always been a great shortcut to getting where I want to go because they save me time and money and really allow me to fast track things. And so in since 1998, I've been on a mission to make sure that mentors were readily available to women in business. Now, these days, uh, we mentor both men and women, mm-hmm. but I feel that that clarity, the clear pathway, the accountability, the sounding board that a mentor offers is just a really important part of being a successful business owner. And when we look at really successful people like Richard Branson and Oprah Winfrey, um, you'll find, you could just Google it, find quotes about how important they think mentoring is. Right. And, and when we interview, we've been running a Business Women's Hall of Fame for 18 years now, and every year we ask a standard sort of set of questions. Um, and what we found over the years is that mentors 
kept coming up as one of the things that these women relied on to help them be and stay successful. Right. Makes sense. I mean, I have a mentor myself, and I think that mentors really help you in, in so many areas. I mean, for one, they give you an objective view on mm. your situation, which often is difficult for you to see yourself. Mentors will give you that ongoing feedback that is so customized to your particular situation that you couldn't give to yourself that objectivity. That's one thing. And another thing is, of course, they usually have the experience of having traveled the path before you, and they mm. can save you a lot of time and money in having chase down the wrong path. Mm. So, you know, a really good distinction for your listeners is the difference between a coach and a mentor because that's a question I get all the time. Okay. And a mentor, like you said, is someone who's walked in your path before. So all our mentors have been in business for at least five years, many of them many more years than that, Mm -hmm. whereas a coach doesn't have to have been walked in your shoes. They just have to have good systems for keeping you on track with your goals. So they're two totally different things. Okay. And one of the things that I find is that if someone's never had a mentor, they may not know if a mentor is right for them. But there's very, some real indicators, I think. Um, you know, and if you're a small business owner, some of these scenarios might be, you know, really in your face, if you like. Mm-hmm. And one of those is ha- having um, your focus split. Uh, in what feels like too many areas and being challenged on how to prioritise and, like you said, having a really clear path Hmm. or not having a business plan or a clear vision Uh or having it but not really using it because it doesn't inspire you and perhaps you did it for your bank manager Uh but now it just sits in a drawer. Or perhaps you've grown your business as far as you think you can based on your own skills and experience Uh and you're not quite sure how to take that next step. Or you're working your tush off in business and the money just isn't coming in. Uh-huh. So there's mentors I found can help in so many different scenarios, but they can also be specific. So when I uh, first started to see the development of internet-based businesses and doing business online, I seeked out a mentor who really understood that environment and who was already kicking big goals in the online world. And now I went to Canada to find him and then for over seven years worked with him um, to make sure that we were very early in our industry online doing email marketing having a website um, you know even doing things like teleconferences I'm talking you know like 1998 long time ago Um, and so it was a situational kind of mentorship I don't Mm -hmm. need, I mean, there's other online marketing things that I'd be happy to be mentored on now, but Mm. that was to there. When I was moving, selling my business in the US, moving back here and wanting to sell a business and, you know, consolidate um, staff and that sort of thing, I needed a different sort of mentorship. So there's Mm. lots of different reasons for having a mentor, but one of the main things that a mentor can give you is the headspace to work on the really important things in business. Right. And and that... um, segmented time when you're working with someone who cares enough to keep you on track mm-hmm. but but it can still be objective i find that a really really powerful investment in myself and in my business that's great and you know susie you're right i'm definitely an eternal student and i just learned something new which i'm very pleased to to say and that is i wasn't crystal clear about the difference between a mentor and a coach until you explained it so eloquently just then and absolutely a coach isn't necessarily someone who's actually walked the path before you whereas a mentor usually has mm. or always has and so they can really give you that perspective and tell you what matters most and what you need to focus on right 
right now. And they don't have to have been in your industry. Running a business across a lot of industries has a lot of similarities. If you're having cash flow issues, if you're having marketing issues, if you're trying to grow a team, there's similarities across industries. So um, some people get tripped up on that they need to find someone in the industry and perhaps there isn't someone or perhaps they're in the niche. It's not about that. It's about going this is where I want to go. Here are the skills and resources and contacts I need and yeah. who can help me get there. So when we're matching a mentor and mentoree, we get really clear on the mentoree's goals, we get really clear on the mentor's capabilities and we match based on those needs. Right. So Susie, just so I can be clear on this, when you were kind enough to invite me to do that presentation on productivity with the Australian Business Women's Network, hmm. Yes. That was more of a coaching kind of thing where I taught people about some principles and structures around productivity as opposed to mentoring a person on productivity. Is that right? And that's how I would see it. You were our guest presenter. You were teaching. Uh, you were in that sort of mode. Now, if you'd taken a half dozen of those people and worked with them over a period of time to implement their productivity strategies, that could possibly be Right. mentoring for me mentoring um is mod you know there's more it's more than one session it doesn't have to be yeah. but the way that um we've always structured mentoring is having an agreed number of um appointments whether they're face-to-face -face or delivered over skype over a period of time so right now if you come to our mentoring program you do four firstly you have a sort of orientation and diagnostic so we can get really clear on what your needs are we then match you with a mentor and then you agree to do four one-hour mentoring sessions with the mentor over four months so that's spaced enough so that you can get stuff done mm. in between but also um uh you know, it's not for the, your, the term of your natural life, but it's a period of time where we think you can really kick some big goals. Yeah. Now, at the end of four months, you can then recommit mm -hmm. or you can move on to a different mentor or you can stop. But the casual, we catch up for coffee now and then, can also work, but I don't feel like you'll get the same results. Mm. It needs a sort of formal structure. So another thing I'm hearing in mentoring as opposed to coaching is typically it would be a one-on-one -on -one thing, the sessions, as opposed to one-to-many. It doesn't have to be. We have done one mentor to small groups of mentorees uh, as well. You need a little more of a sophisticated mentor who can mm -hmm. manage that. So, yeah, you could do either way. Okay. But usually it's one-to-one. -one. Okay, so let's move to the next question that you just slightly touched on before, and that is, as a listener of this podcast, how do we know when we see a good mentor and how do we find a good mentor? What are the criteria or qualities one should look for in a good mentor? One thing would be the right strengths. And what I mean by that is that their strengths and weaknesses, you don't want them to be too similar to yours because then it might be a little bit difficult for them to help you grow. Um, but if your weakness is marketing, then someone strong in marketing would be great. If your weakness is in systems and someone strong in that would be great. So you're going to have a good compliment. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is just, you know, the role of the mentor. Firstly, over time, and we have a mentoring model that shows the hierarchy between mentor and mentoree and how it changes over time. So what you'll want to avoid is a controlling personality that makes your decisions for you. Mm -hmm. So um, what's really important for the mentor to understand is that their role is to foster and support and facilitate you making your own decisions. Mm -hmm. So really look for someone who's asking useful and interesting questions and really engages you to develop your own ideas. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple of things for sure. 
Um, and, you know, mentoring can be free or paid, and I have done both. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on mentoring, but then I've also had mentors that I haven't paid for. Um, okay. And I think that you just want to get the right mentor. If you don't have the time and resources to do the legwork and find the right person, then find a paid-for-you service, you know, okay. and find a price point that works for you. Hmm. Um, if you, you know. How did you find your mentor in Canada, Susie? What led you to this person? Uh, so I, a, a mentor of mine at the time um, said, because um, this is another thing that a mentor can do for you and that our mentors do, is that if the gap that they see is a knowledge gap, mm-hmm. then they will suggest particular training. And so a mentor of mine at the time said there's this um, marketing event in Canada. I went to it last year. It's happening again. I really suggest that you go along. Mm -hmm. And I went along and it was a three-day multi-speaker kind of event. And Mm -hmm. there was this young gun. And he was talking about things I had never heard of before. I'd been in business for a couple of years, um, but he was talking about autoresponders and the internet and lead boxes and pop-ups. This is back uh, in 98. Yeah, this is 98, right? right? So people didn't know what all those um, (laughs) things necessarily were. very advanced for back then. And I was just gobsmacked. And (laughs) in the break, you know, I did two things. (laughs) Uh, Firstly, I introduced myself and said, hey, I would love to learn more from you. And two, I had an events business at the time. I said, can I take you to Australia? (laughs) And I did. And we did. And we brought him out. Here and again, one of the very first internet marketing trainings um, all those years ago. And then, you know, we worked closely together and I represented him in Australia, but he would mentor us. So, you know, um, everything that we were doing with him, we were sort of putting in place for ourselves as well. And I, um, you know, I learned more in that time with him that gave me a major competitive advantage than I ever would have done had I, you know, sat here and um, waited for things to happen. Cool. Okay, so Susie, could you share a case study around the power of mentoring, how mentoring can actually transform a business or a business owner that would really bring it to life for our listeners? Now, we have hundreds and hundreds of stories, and in preparation today, I wanted to make sure I had a a couple for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, one of our uh, mentorees, created her business out of necessity because her husband died Mm -hmm. and she was 33 years old. She had three little boys to bring up on her own and she had to focus on supporting the family and, you know, offering them, um, you know, good food and Mm -hmm. taking care of them. And she had an interest in nutrition. So her desire to provide the healthiest products for her family Mm -hmm. led her to her own retail store for innovative health products. And she credits mentoring for providing her with the resources she needed um, to open her store. So Mm -hmm. finance was her biggest hurdle and she realised that she really needed a mentor with a financial background. That was exactly the kind of support she needed. Mm -hmm. And it enabled her to realise that although uh, her vision for her business was possible, it wasn't going to happen without the right numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says that thanks to mentoring, she then became the proud owner of a 50 square meter retail space with the staff of four. And that transformation took place for her within six short months. Wow. So, how did the finance get arranged? She spoke to a mentor who helped to get a loan and finance it correctly. Is that what you, is that how it happened? I think the key point here is that she realized that her knowledge gap was finances and was mm-hmm. matched with someone who could help her put together. Um, a budget and a okay. business plan that she could then present for finance. Um, 
The other example I wanted to uh, give you, and here's the thing is that, you know, your listeners live all over the place and our community members live all over Australia and all over the world. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we're really on about here is providing the same access to resources and mentors and role models no matter where you live. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, one of our uh, mentorees had a transcription business in northern New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And uh, similar to the previous woman, um, Annalise, that's her name, she uh, wanted the opportunity to work from home while she was pregnant with her son. Mm-hmm. And so she started this transcription business. Um, she then had a second child and then had struggled, really struggled to find some balance. And she was feeling that guilt that a lot of entrepreneurial mums <laughs> mm-hmm. feel in the early days of how do I share my time between my business and my children. And she says that she really wrestled with herself about putting them in daycare. Mm. Um, She ended up connecting with other women in our network Mm -hmm. and also getting a mentor to give her not only the skill, not only guide her towards the skills of growing a business with two small children, but also the self-assurance to move to the next level. And so she grew beyond the home office and employed staff And she said for her what it was is that sometimes it's so hard to see beyond the daily tasks of where your business should be heading Mm -hmm. that it's hard to think bigger and bolder. And so for her what the mentor did was held her hand to be able to create a bigger vision and to get out of the home office and be able to provide for her family but still grow the successful business. So it was that happened over about six months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Yeah, so... And as I said, we have many, many stories like that. Other mentors are more focused on marketing. So I know one of our current mentorees at the moment is tapping into this mentor's marketing experience and because she's at the top of her organisation, she's inadvertently responsible uh, for marketing. So she's mm. learning how to you know, generate leads and then she's putting together lead magnets and then showing them to him and he's giving her feedback. So it's a little more of a hands-on kind of mentoring because he has that expertise. But mm. it can be in anything. It can be in, you know, in business strategy. It could be, look, I want to grow a team and I don't know how to do it and someone mentors you. But mostly what it is, people come to us because their cash flow is lumpy or they have really ad hoc marketing or they feel like they're out there doing it on their own and they've got no one to bounce ideas off. And what can happen with the help of a mentor over a relatively short period of time, like three or four months, is that you can build the confidence and the structure and the skills and the clarity of thinking that it takes to move your business to the next level. Sure. What doesn't work um, is, you know, there are things that people have expectations around mentors that also don't work. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, can, we can talk about that if you like. It, it's up. It's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, what what things don't work when it comes to expectations of mentors? Some things I can think of would be expecting results without having to put in the effort. This is quite common from what I've seen. <laughs> People seem to think that a mentor can just somehow wave a magic wand and make mm-hmm. things happen. Whereas, as I understand it, a mentor can only show you the path, and ultimately, it is up to you to walk the path. And if you don't walk it, nothing's going to help you. Yeah, that's a really good. Point. And that's definitely one of the things that we see, that people want things done for them. Now, mentor is not going to be working in your business. Hmm. Um, and if you've gotten yourself into a hole, then first thing, stop digging. <laughs> and the second thing is it's going to take a little bit of time to do that. You know, hmm. um, people want a quick fix. And if your finances are set in a mess and you don't know how to fix them, then maybe the first thing is for you to get a bookkeeper. 
That yeah. might be your mentor's recommendation. Mm. Get a bookkeeper. Get an accountant. Um, they may be pointing you towards getting um, financially literate and getting educated. Now, that's another really important point. I just realized, you know, a mentor often tells you to do what is good, but not necessarily what is pleasant or pleasurable. Yes. So <laughs> you often find that a mentor will tell you, okay, this is, I know this is not what you want to do, but this is what you need to right now. You need to get your finances clear. So you need to do this boring bookkeeping stuff. You need to grunt through it rather than just build these incredible strategies that you want to build. Yes. I, I think that that is one of the most important things I believe a mentor can bring to the table, and that is create a structure, create the discipline, create an environment for the student where they can actually motivate the student to take the right actions at the right time rather than do the things that they want to be doing. A good mentor will keep you accountable to that too. So if you're turning up between meetings and you haven't done what you said you would do, if you were my mentor, we would not have a very long-term relationship. And right. I think that taking that relationship seriously and turning up and doing what you'll say you do, and then if you're not going to get it done, then just, you know, having had a good go at it, I think that's really important because there needs to be that mutual respect. And um, mm. The other thing just on the same thing is about having clear agreements and I think that some people go into it and they don't commit to when we're going to meet for how long each time mm. for how many months and I like it always to be really clear. So, you know, we're going to meet monthly on these days at these times for this long then mm -hmm. after this amount of time we're going to review it and decide what to do yep. next and then within that time frame having really clear goals. This is what I want to achieve during that time. And so when someone comes to a mentoring session uh, and they don't have a plan for what they want to get out of that session, they're wasting their own time and they're wasting their dollars um, and they're wasting their mentor's time as far as I'm concerned. So it's very much about being very self-directed, um, but it's so, so powerful. It's such a commitment to your business, I think, uh, to take a mentor on board. So a good mentor provides clear structure and clarity around goals and short-term and long-term actions you need to take in your business they can if that's what you need yes sure yeah good point yes it depends on what area you need mentoring in that's true yeah okay so let's talk about the most common challenges you've noticed with people when it comes to finding a good mentor and how they've overcome them so um i always put the onus uh back on the um Mentoree in many ways, but you know, not every relationship is going to to work out. So I think for me, um, I we kind of covered this already a little bit in the you know in the controlling personalities or mm -hmm. not having clear expectations or hoping for a quick fix. Um, and I think you know the the fix for those is the reverse: having clear agreements, setting your goals, having a mutually respectful relationship, knowing that it's a long term game. Um, taking responsibility for your own situation and, you know, showing up and participating, you know, in a very um, business-like way. And, of course, we're talking about business mentoring here. We're not mm -hmm. talking about, you know, improving your running or your CrossFit abilities. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so that would be the main things. And where does a person get started? Like if I don't have a clue about where to mm. even go looking for a mentor, what's a good place to start? 
So you can start by just approaching people that you admire and this might be, you know, a a relative or a friend even or a thought leader that you respect. Mm -hmm. Um, Now some people, you know, have come to us and said, oh, well, can you get me Janine Alice from Boost Jesus and mentor? I said, no, (laughs) I cannot. And tell me why Janine would mentor you, you know. Um, And I don't mean that in a way uh, to discourage them. but. Sometimes the most successful, I mean, I'm sure Janine would be a fabulous mentor. I mean, she's a very business, busy woman. She's very high profile. She may not be a great mentor. Hmm. You know what I mean? Just so, just because you're a great, uh, great business doesn't mean that you have the ability or the want or need to mentor. Sure. So I would look for, as I said, people you admire and reach out to them. I will reach out to them through your connections. Hmm. I would definitely be letting my network know. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm looking for and again being very specific and you know some people as I said can be really in demand as mentors or inexperienced as mentors so you want to uh, you know keep all these things in perspective you could you know start with a professional mentoring service um, that can match you to a mentor and mm-hmm. that sort of service can be excellent um, as a shortcut particularly if you don't have time or you don't want to do the legwork yourself i would check their track record i would speak to past mentorees if they've got um that sort of thing in mind if it is a professional mentoring service then you want to make sure there's a guarantee and that there's some sort of selection criteria and you understand how that process works but the first thing i would say say is i would you know identify if a mentor is right for me you know is a mentor right for me Mm -hmm. but where i want to go right now you know as i said earlier there's some real strong indicators of that Okay. Uh, and, um, you know, make sure that you have the time and space to do it. And if you've got an inkling that someone might be a good mentor, I would just start off by, you know, buying them lunch and saying, look, this is what I'm thinking. Hmm. Um, and some people like me who, as much as they would love to, cannot just meet all the mentoring requirements, um, you know, that they have, but they may be able to recommend Sure. And another thing that a listener can do, actually, we, we didn't realize that we were in the action section already now. So another action a listener can take in terms of finding a mentor is also looking within yourself and your business and looking at what area you think you need mentoring in as well, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that I sort of hinted at before is we do a diagnostic and we have you self-assess across eight different business areas. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh through answering a series of multiple sort of choice questions. And out of that, we graph the areas that you determine you need most help in. And that plus another questionnaire helps us determine who the best mentor will be for you. So you might say, well, I just need help with everything, but I would just start with something. Mm. Try and get clear on something that you think you need mentoring help on. And the other steps were to you know, reach out to your connections, look at people that you respect and see if you can align with them, buy them lunch and see if you can talk to them about possibly developing mentoring relationship, look within your network or look at something like abn.org.au where they actually have a service where you guys match up mentors with students depending on their needs. Mm, yeah. Okay, would you like to share some of the books that have had the biggest impact on you, Susie, and why? I'm a big reader, um, as you might know. Yes. And um, I, if you're seeing me right now, I'm surrounded by books in every direction. If you come to my home office, it's exactly right. the same. And I still like a good paper book, you know. Yes. <laughs> I have a Kindle, but it kind of doesn't get a whole lot of use. And I love books so much that I'm interviewing authors all the time. Right. Um, as part of what I do. Um, And if I think back, I think the first book that had an impact on me was a book called The Power of Positive Thinking, and right now I'm forgetting the author's name, but um, one of my bosses, you know, when I was probably 19, Mm -hmm. gave it to me 
Maybe she didn't think I was very positive or maybe she, <laughs> maybe she realised that I was looking for something, I was searching. And um, that was kind of my little entree into personal development. Is that, very, the, is that the ahead. one by Napoleon Hill? Uh, is it Napoleon? I don't think it's Napoleon Hill. It's just, someone else. <clears throat> but Napoleon Hill um, and... Um, what's yes, that? Norman yeah, Vincent so Peale, that's it. That's it, Norman Vincent Peale. And then, um, oh, what's his name? He just passed away. Oh, goodness, who wrote The Erroneous Zones. Oh, Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer. You know, so they were some of my early books. I love that book. But then on the business side, books like The E-Myths have had a big impact on me, Good to Great. But in 1997, I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes, which was more on the personal finance side. And I had met Robert Kiyosaki because I'd been a student in his classes. And Mm -hmm. then I read that book and it had a huge impact on me because money wasn't an area I was very strong in. And I could see just by reading the book that there was a path for me, Mm -hmm. that there was a path that for me was going to be through business. I would be able to generate the money to then put into investments that would feed me forever. Mm-hmm. And so um, Robert and I and my business partner and his wife, Kim, went on to become business partners for more than 10 oh, years and worked together both here in the USA. How cool is that? So he was, he's one of my mentors. But his book was very empowering to me, as it has been to tens of millions of people, mm-hmm. because it was such a different idea that your house is not an asset, that, you know, mm. employees are different from self-employed people, are different from business owners, are different from investors, the idea of investing. Um, so that one had a big impact on many, many areas of my life. Seth Godin's books have all been great and are definitely a key part of my library. Um, I'm reading at least a couple of business books a month at least because wow. I read them for my work partly. Are you a speed reader? I'm pretty fast, but I'm, uh, especially when the interview is the next day. But <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, but I, don't, and I, no, I don't speed read. I just read pretty quickly, I guess. Do you take and, notes and stuff, Susie? When you oh, read? I have post-it notes and highlighters and it's like a dog's breakfast by the time I finish with it. But, that, <laughs> but I, that, I kind of, you know, it sort of embeds the Yeah, that's how you internalise it. Yeah. Do, you, do you make notes in Evernote as well? I don't. I don't use Evernote nearly as much as I'm sure would be beneficial for me to mm-hmm. do so. But, um, yeah, I do lots of scribbling and I, sometimes I'll have a notepad by my side and mm-hmm. I post a note. And so, you know, I have a series actually called Book for Lunch where once a month I interview a business book author. And um, so I'm always reading for that and I've had, you know, the most amazing Guy Kawasaki, Seth Godin, um, Chris Brogan, Robert Cialdini, wow. um, blah, 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 all the wonderful, wonderful authors. Um to that, but I also have a podcast called Her Business where I'm often interviewing female business authors. Mm-hmm. So this year, one of my favourite books is called uh, Brandscaping and it's by Andrew Davis okay. and it's about how to partner with other organisations to co-create content. Now, I'm a content creator. You know, we have podcasts, yep. webinars, um, articles, blog posts, downloads, multiple podcasts actually. Mm -hmm. And so for me it was just a different way of looking at it's not joint venture partnerships, it's not partnerships, it's not sponsorship, it's just a different awesome idea which for me in my business where we're at right now, that idea of partnering with other brands to create something that we could never do alone was just the perfect sort of reading. So Mm. uh, anyway, happy to give you a recommended reading for small businesses. I I, I love it and I think, you know, books are uh, certainly my friend. (laughs) Very cool. So Brandscaping. Brandscaping, yeah, by Andrew Davis. I'll definitely put that in the show notes. Awesome. Um, Okay, Susie, how do listeners find out more about you and is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? 
Thank you so much for having me first. I think hey, it's people, a pleasure. <laughs> people are interested in mentoring. Um, if they go to herbusinessmentor.com or .com.au, um, that page is all dedicated to mentoring and there's actually a free training on there called How to Find Your Ideal Mentor, which goes through how to interview a mentor and how to look for them and then... It also tells you if you want a done-for-you service, you know, how we can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing um, that I would love to tell people about, we've got a podcast, as I know you know, that I launched just a few weeks ago. It's called yes. Content Cells and people will be able to find it on iTunes. Um, and it's just uh, been right there in the new and noteworthy section of iTunes for about eight weeks now and I'm so proud. Cool. Well done. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's it's really really good, and it's each one is like a little mini training on marketing. So I expect that you know, as well as productivity, your listeners are probably uh, interested in marketing. So if yes, they like absolutely. to listen out to that, that's called content sales. I'll definitely check it out myself, and I'll oh, good. Uh, and I'll put a link in my show no- in the show notes of this podcast to content sales as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. As I said, big fan of you, big fan of small business, big fan of mentoring and uh, really grateful for the opportunity to be able to speak with you. Thank you, Susie. It's just been wonderful to have you on the podcast and hopefully I can have you back again sometime. So there you have it. What an awesome episode. Thank you to Susie for such fantastic insights. The biggest takeaways for me were if you want to get a mentor, get clear on what you would like to be mentored on and then use that to look for a mentor. Something that John Lee Dumas said about mentoring when I interviewed him in episode 39 was quite useful. Try and find a mentor who's already further down the path that you're headed down. So if you want to be a very successful podcaster, try and find a mentor who is a very successful podcaster already. If you want to be a successful writer, try and find a mentor who is already a very successful writer. Another great takeaway from this conversation was that a mentor can only show you the way but you really need to be ready to put in the work. There are no shortcuts. Now, some related episodes that I think you would find useful, especially if you're looking for mentoring type advice, would be episode two with James Schramko. He talks about recurring income, but there's a lot of really good mentoring content in there. The episode with Ed O'Keefe, that was episode number 22, $50 million and counting. That was a really good episode as well, which talked about how Ed has built his $50 million business and is growing fast. Episode number 18 was great as well with Buck Rizvi, and he talks about systems that he used to build his eight-figure business. I got a lot out of the episode with John Logar that was episode number 48 on how to use high-value consulting to grow your business. That also had a lot of mentoring-type concepts in it. Episode number 52 with Kyle Tully had some great information in that, especially around pricing. If you want to increase your pricing, that's a great episode to listen to. And episode number 50 was pretty good on frameworks for business success with James Schramko. So I hope you find all this useful. And if you'd like to get regular updates from Productive Insights, head over to ProductiveInsights.com and join our mailing list. Please stop by and leave a review on iTunes if you found the podcast useful. And if you like it, share it. Share it with your friends so it can help as many people out there as possible. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today?